deeper we get into 2021, the stranger things just seem to get. With that old watchword which I've told you is going to be the watchword for the year, maybe for the decade, hypocrisy, just continuing to rear its ugly head. We have the man who was lauded by everyone as the uh, indispensable brain trust of what we needed to do with respect to our response to the coronavirus non-pandemic, Dr. Anthony Phony Fauci, now uh, being outed as a person who was in bed with the Chinese and actually helped funnel money into what they call gain-of-function research. Uh, and also being caught in a trove of emails, making very, very contradictory statements and uh, attempts to cover his tracks. And then we have this other character, this piece of crap out in San Francisco, Eric Swalwell. This is a man, if he had any decency and any sense of honor, would be hiding under a rock right now. This piece of crap was beholden to a Chinese whore, fine, uh, spy by the name of Fang Fang, uh, who went around and used her guess sexual powers, there's no other way to say it, and charms to compromise uh, up-and-coming politicians, one of whom was Swalwell. Swalwell was in bed, literally, with this Chinese spy all the while while he was on the House Intelligence Committee. Uh, Attempts were made by the Republicans to get rid of him, and uh, the Democrats, of course, fought that. But it just doesn't get any better. Hi, everyone. I'm Jamie Dury, and welcome to another National Preview Online podcast. If you've not already done so, please subscribe to the show. You can do so in one of three easy ways. Go to either the iTunes App Store or the Google Play Store and simply search out the NPO podcast and click subscribe. Or download the free Podbean app available at either of those two locations. Search the NPO podcast and click subscribe. Any way you choose to do it, you will be able to leave comments and reviews, and you'll be notified whenever a new episode of the show is uploaded. So please do that uh, without delay and pass this on to your friends. We really would like to get more positive reviews. Uh, The more reviews we get, the more positive comments you make, uh, the more quickly our show will be found in search results when people search for new content in either of those two app stores. And we'd like to increase our subscriber base so we can bring you um, greater information and more options, perhaps a call in line and so forth. So, Fauci is the one I really want to sink my teeth into first. Really want to. The Fauci team, according to this article in the um, Epic Times, scrambled in January 2020 to respond to lab leak allegations. Now, nobody knew about this. In 2020, January, the coronavirus had reared its head, but it wasn't really a problem in the United States yet. And people were complaining that Trump wasn't doing enough. And then when he, when he did do something very early on and stopped travel from places where people shouldn't have been coming here in the first place, they said he was xenophobic. And then after they said he wasn't doing enough, uh, it's pretty interesting. Let me read from this article, because there's a lot of good information. I don't want to short shift it, because there's even a timeline in here. Top U.S. health officials, including Anthony Fauci, scrambled in late January 2020 to respond to public reporting of a potential connection between COVID-19 and the Wuhan Institute of Virology in China. The insight into their response comes from examining over 3,000 pages of emails belonging to Fauci, who was at that time the director of the, and he still is, the director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases. 
They were released under the Freedom of Information Act, and they provide a great timeline. The email suggests that officials were concerned about previous U.S. involvement with the lab. And wait till you hear how much money we dumped into this lab. And that they had knowledge of public statements by the Wuhan lab's director about U.S. funding being used for controversial research conducted there. Turns out a law was passed where you can't do that kind of research here. And so rather than stop the research, they just outsourced it to the communist Chinese. What else would one do? Following the officials' conversations, public discussion of the source being a potential lab leak was actively suppressed by social media platforms, health officials, and the World Health Organization. So here we go. January 31st, 2020. Fauci gets an email at 8.43 p.m. from an associate, Greg Folkers, of the National Institutes of Health. The email contained no text, held only a single lengthy article that had been published in the magazine science that evening. The article was written by a man named John Cohen. It's one of the earliest stories describing how scientists uh, were working frantically on viral genomes in order to understand the origin of the COVID-19 virus. The article focused on the theory that the virus originated in a Wuhan seafood market, and the author took pains to discount the lab leak theory noting that the viral sequences knocked down the idea that the pathogen came from a virology institute in Wuhan. So early on, early on, they went to great lengths to try and discount this. Now, you're going to find out more about this article as we go on. However, the author also noted that concerns about the institute predate this outbreak. And he also detailed how a scientist in 2015 criticized an experiment in which modifications were made to the SARS-like virus circulating in Chinese bats to see whether it had the potential to cause disease in humans. The experiment cited in the science article was more fully detailed, a November 9, 2015 article. So there's more and more interesting about how this thing was done and how far back it actually went. The article also noted that research in the manuscript was supported by grants from the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Disease, the organization that Fauci is the head of. After receiving this email from his colleague at the NIH, Fauci forwarded the science article written by John Cohen to a man named John Mascola, also of the NIH, noting, here is the John Cohen article. Two minutes later, Fauci also forwarded the article to Jeremy Farrar, head of a nonprofit British group, and then Christian Anderson, a professor at Scripps Research, telling him this just came out today. You may have seen it. If not, it is of interest to the current discussion. Now, why Fauci chose to contact Farrar and Anderson, neither of whom worked for Fauci nor the NIH, is not clear. But in the following days, both became leading forces in efforts to dispel the lab leak theory. In March 2020, Anderson co-authored the highly influential paper, The Proximal Origin of the SARS-CoV-2, which remains widely cited as proof of natural origin. Anderson and his co-authors received funding from both the NIH and Farrar's organization. So let's put this in perspective here. We have people who receive funding from Fauci. They don't work for Fauci. 
Fauci, we now know, and the NIH and the United States government were involved in funding research they could no longer legally do in the United States in communist China. And the virus leaked from that lab, either deliberately or accidentally, and caused what we now know is all this business with COVID-19 and people dying and uh, people getting scarring on the lungs, but still 99.5% survival rate. But it caused all of this fallout, which resulted in uh, changes to our way of life, changes to the way we have elections, potentially a theft of an election, everything done under the blanket of COVID. And so it was in Fauci's best interest to do everything he could through Confederates like this Christian Anderson and Jeremy Farrar to circulate a story that no, there's no way it leaked from a lab. This was a naturally occurring phenomenon because that was absolutely indispensable to Fauci's defense of himself. He also emailed this article to Robert Cadlick at the HHS Office of the Assistant Secretary for Preparedness and Response. Bob, this came out today. Gives a balanced view. Best, Tony. At 10.32, the same evening, Fauci received an email response from Anderson, who acknowledged receiving the article and noted an observation he made. According to Anderson, the unusual features of the virus make up a really small part of the genome. So so one has to look really closely at all the sequences to see that some of the features potentially look engineered. I guess he was trying to say, don't worry. The unusual features of the virus really only constitute a small percent of the genome, less than 1%. So someone would really have to look at this, Tony, before they figured out that these features were potentially engineered. Earlier in the day, however, Anderson had sent a tweet rebutting Senator Tom Cotton's theory that the virus could have stemmed from the Wuhan lab, saying the analyses are completely flawed and wrong. They can be safely ignored. The next morning, February 1st, Fauci sent Hugh Auckland Close, the NIAID's principal deputy director, the 2015 Nature article that detailed the gain-of-function experiments that were being conducted by the NIH. Now, Fauci was obviously very concerned about this because he sent a strongly worded message in the email saying, it is essential that we speak this morning. Keep your cell phone on. He also directed Auchin Close to read this paper as well as the email that I will forward to you. You will have tasks today that must be done. Now, it doesn't take a genius to figure out what's going on here. They've been doing this gain-of-function um, research. They have been doing it in the United States. It became illegal to do it in the United States. They outed this, uh, or should say outsourced this, to the communist Chinese to do it in this Wuhan lab. They were in bed with the goddamn communist Chinese. They used it to fruition, they brought it to fruition, and they engineered this virus. Now, before we go any further, let me give you a quick overview of what gain of research or gain of um, gain of function I should say gain of function research what it means gain of function research is a term used to describe any field of medical research which alters an organism or a disease in a way that increases pathogenesis transmissibility or host range 
Now, for those of you who want to know about pathogenesis, pathogenesis is the process by which a disease or disorder develops. It can include factors which contribute not only to the onset of the disease or disorder, but also to its progression and maintenance. Okay, so basically, put it in layman's terms, gain-of-function research is a way where people do research to see if they can potentiate or make more powerful these microorganisms. And I guess certain microorganisms have the capacity to do good, and so I guess there would be a good thing if you could do it with that. And other microorganisms have the capacity to do bad. So taking something that's already a virus, making it more contagious, making it more deadly, making it affect more areas of, or organ systems of the body, that's using gain-of-function research to a very, very nefarious end, a very dangerous end. And that was outlawed here in the United States, and so they sent it to the goddamn communist Chinese. And we were funding it, a $600,000 a year grant for five years from 2014 to 2019, the money having been appropriated in budgets before Trump ever came to office. Fauci knew this because it was funded by the NIH. Fauci knew this was going on. And now the roosters or the chickens are coming home to roost, and he's doing everything he can to cut ties and cover his, cover his tracks even going so far as to encourage others that he had in his circle to author phony articles providing alternative explanations for how this virus came into being, that it was naturally occurring and happened in, a, in an open market. It wasn't from the Wuhan lab. Ridiculous. In 2014, Fauci's NIAID had awarded a $3.7 million grant to the New York-based EcoHealth Alliance, headed by Peter Daszak. Uh, According to Francis Collins of NIH, some of the grants went to Wuhan as part of a subcontract from EcoHealth. The Obama administration in 2014 had established a moratorium on gain-of-function research due to its inherent riskiness. It's likely that the 2015 research in the article Fauci forwarded to Auchincloss would have been covered by the ban. At 8.19 a.m. on February 1st, Fauci sent the Nature article to Lawrence Tabak at the NIH in an email marked as important. Fauci simply told Tabak, here it is. Two hours later, Farr sent out a group email announcing a 2 p.m. conference call. Farr's email, Farrar's email noted that information and discussion is shared in total confidence and not to be shared until agreement on the next steps. Yeah, the next steps. The next steps is how do we cover this shit up that we created? How do we cover it all up? Now, this is not escape notice of people on Capitol Hill. I can go on and on about this article, but I wanted to give you the flavor of it. You've already got enough to know what the flavor of it is. What it is, is that we caused a big problem with U.S. money, taxpayer money, in a communist country by allowing them to do research that even Obama and his people said was something we shouldn't be doing. Representative Jim Jordan 
has begun an investigation into the lack of oversight of this taxpayer-funded gain-of-function research. Two House Republican leaders, according to this article, launched a congressional inquiry into the Department of Health and Human Services' failure to review grants of American tax dollars funding potential gain-of-function research at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Jim Jordan and Mike Gallagher of Ohio and Wisconsin, respectively, pressed HHS Senior Science Advisor David Hassel in a letter to answer questions surrounding the reason his agency failed to conduct oversight for the $600,000 annual five-year grant to the Wuhan Institute of Virology conducting bat coronavirus research from 2014 to 2019. Now, Fauci is a piece of crap. He's a complete piece of crap. And he shouldn't simply be fired. The man should be prosecuted and put in jail. Because if this is, is true, if this is proven, and it comes to pass, and it looks certainly uh, that uh, it's very, very likely that all of this happened in light of Fauci's own actions in these emails, he's got a lot of blood on his hands. He's got a lot of lies on his hands. And he's, and he's also done a lot with his position uh, to use it to influence the presidential election because he told lies to the American people about how to deal with this virus. Uh, the White House today was very, very defensive. This Jen, Pet, uh, Jen Psaki, who I think is an idiot, uh, the one who always wants to circle back because you can't think of a response at the time, they've been getting a lot of pressure, a lot of criticism coming after these emails. Uh, and now she's out there defending him, saying he's been an undeniable asset. How so? She declined to speak about his emails. Uh, so it's obviously not advantageous for me to relitigate the substance of emails from empty months ago. Yes, yeah, not advantageous because it's going to prove very, very bad. Here's one email. Uh, Fauci wrote this. I've been saying, tell me if you have heard this before, because I've been saying this for months on this podcast. Quote, masks are really for infected people to prevent them from spreading infection to people who are not infected rather than protecting uninfected people from acquiring infection. The typical mask you buy in the drugstore is not really effective in keeping out the virus, which is small enough to pass through material. This he wrote in February of 2020. Quote, I do not recommend that you wear a mask. Now, I've said this all along. Why do doctors, surgeons, why do they wear masks in the operating room? To protect themselves from you? No, because they're opening up your epidermal layer. They're exposing your internal organs. Your skin is one of your greatest defenses against infection. And so they're wearing masks so that any bacteria that they may have doesn't get into your system. It doesn't protect you. If I have an infection and I'm not wearing a mask and I cough on you and you're wearing a mask and those droplets get on your mask and now you touch the mask, well, you've got it. You take your hand, you don't wash it, you scratch your nose, you put it in your eye, that's it. You've got it. Touch the mucous membrane, now you've got the, you've got the pathogen. So it only helps from my droplets passing on to you if I'm wearing a mask. It's a one-way protectant. I've said this from day one. Another email from Fauci to EcoHealth Director Peter Daszak, who received hundreds of thousands of dollars, like I said before, that, used, that it used in a subcontracting agreement to fund research at the Wuhan Institute of Biology, uh, Virology, said, quote from Fauci, I just wanted to say a personal thank you on behalf of our staff and collaborators for publicly standing up and stating 
that the scientific evidence supports a natural origin for COVID-19 from a bat to human spillover, not a release from the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Dasnick said in an email after Fauci made a media appearance disputing the theory that the CCP uh, virus emerged from the lab, Fauci replied, many thanks for your kind note. They're all in this together. Peter Daszak's company, Echo Health, had a grant from the United States government, which they now subcontracted out to the communist Chinese to develop something there in their lab that it was illegal for them to develop in the United States. Fauci gave them the money. They're each covering each other's ass. Can't you see it? And how much longer before the news media actually says so? Fox News is covering it. We don't really cite Fox News that much here anymore because they've kind of lost their way. But at least they're citing it. We've been had. I've told you this from day one. We've been had. And I'm not going to put it past these people. After all is said and done, we may yet find that although I'm 100% sure it escaped from the Wuhan Institute of Virology, I'm still not 100% sure whether it escaped by accident or it was deliberately let out to cause this global pandemic-like response, which allowed people to reduce people's freedoms, restrict people's movements, and allow an entire election to be stolen. Because that's how much the Chinese hated Trump, because he really took them to task. He took them to the woodshed with some of these agreements. So I'm glad that people are looking into it. Meanwhile, there's more stuff going on with relation to the election that we just mentioned. You recall the other day we covered the fact that Pennsylvania lawmakers went to Arizona to tour the election audit that was there, and that they were asked, well, is there going to be a similar audit in Pennsylvania? It depends what we, what we learn when we go on to the um, tour of the Arizona audit. Well, a delegation from Pennsylvania that went there will now try to convince legislative leaders in Pennsylvania to back an audit of the 2020 election after visiting the election review taking place in Arizona's Maricopa County, which is the largest county in Arizona. Quote, I am 100% for us having an audit, and I think our leadership is starting to lean that way, said Pennsylvania Senator Chris Dush. Uh, He told this to reporters at the Veteran Memorial Coliseum in Phoenix, where the Maricopa County audit has been happening since April 23rd. He was joined by his co-senator, Doug Mastriano, and Pennsylvania representative, Rob Kaufman. Dush said he was impressed with how the Arizona audit was being done, including how the firms hired by the Arizona Senate are handling chain of custody issues. I've never seen anything like it, to be quite honest with you. It's fantastic. I'd like to encourage other state legislators to get down here and take a look at it, especially if you've had situations like we experienced in Pennsylvania that really have our citizens in an uproar. This is very, very interesting. Now, people have been asking me all along, and I keep saying, well, how did this, how did they steal the election? How did he get all these votes? Why are you so sure Trump won the election? Okay, I'm going to give it to you this way. When an incumbent fails to win re-election, in every case that I'm aware of, his vote total in his re-election bid 
has been lower than it was in his initial election bid. Sometimes even winners get a lower total. Barack Obama, who everyone thinks was so great, actually was reelected with three million fewer votes than he received during his election campaign. Juxtapose that with Trump, who received 12 million more votes in his reelection than he did in his election. And yet we're to believe that he lost the election because a man that spent the whole campaign in his basement and has never achieved much of anything supposedly got 7 million more votes than that. How did it happen? Who were these people that voted for Biden? Generally, when a person is dissatisfied with a candidate, they vote against him. So people were so dissatisfied with Trump, they want you to believe, that 12 million more people voted for him the second time than the first time. Well, let me tell you what happened. First of all, in elections in this country, you have a great deal of voter apathy. Very few people turn out to vote compared to the total. You may get 60%. If you get 60 or 64% voter turnout, that's considered massive. Massive. Most people just don't show up to vote. And there are all types of reasons for this. Some of it is voter apathy. Other people feel that's how they get identified for jury duty and they don't want to serve, so they don't show up to vote, which to me is a stupid reason not to exercise your constitutional right to vote. If you don't vote, you don't have a right to complain. So what they simply do is they raid the voter rolls They send in fraudulent ballots on behalf of people who may actually be registered but have no intention of voting and have not voted. Uh, They fail to purge the voter rolls of dead people and vote on their behalf and vote Democrat. So what you have is you have a voter participation rate for the people that voted Democrat far in excess of what occurs in an election. So they utilized false votes to make up the difference. Donald Trump got those 12 million extra votes, and he may have gotten even more. But what they did was, in a county where the normal participation rate might be 60%, all of a sudden it's 88%. And all these additional 28% votes are fraudulent, and they're all being cast for Biden. And that's how they did it. A man who gets 12 million more votes in his re-election than he did in his election didn't lose the election. It was only by fraud that this election was stolen. And I've been telling you this from day one. So I hope that the legislatures in Pennsylvania continue to go forward and do this. Meanwhile, all this is swirling amidst lawsuits against Trump for the uh, uproar on January 6th and Swalwell with the private investigators. And now we've got Fauci, who was the genius, who doesn't know jack shit and who didn't wear his mask when he threw out the first pitch and was in bed with the Chinese, scrambling with his Confederates to cover up the fact that we were in bed with the Chinese. There's a lot of dirt here to bury a lot of people. And I just wonder when the news media in this country is going to wake up and actually be a news media. Well, you want to know what the answer to that is? They're never going to. Because the news media in this country and the Democratic Party are one and the same. One is simply the arm of the other. And I'm beginning to believe, as the late Rush Limbaugh did, that the media isn't simply beholden to the Democratic Party. The Democratic Party is beholden, owned, and controlled by the media. It's simply an extension of the media. The media, run by uber-leftists for the most part in this country, are dictating how you live, what you hear, what you know, and what you are led to believe is true and not true. 
The only way you're going to get any real news is from alternative news sources. Papers like the Epic Times and podcasts like this one from independent journalists like myself who are going to dig in and not be afraid to tell you what we really feel and what we really believe is the truth. Please pass this on to your friends. Please send us an email if you'd like us to cover more topics at nationalpreviewonline at gmail.com. Please, please reach out to me, Jamie Dury, at nationalpreviewonline at gmail.com if there's something you'd like me to cover. Please stay tuned for our upcoming episode on the corporate woke culture, which is ridiculous. We're going to be having a lot more on that. That's going to be in response to a request that was sent in, just like the requests I'm soliciting from you now. So please subscribe today, and we look forward to having you join us for our next podcast episode. For National Preview Online, I'm Jamie Dury. Jamie Dury.